Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to the Two Guys and a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Thank you for joining us midweek Wednesday here. 888-463-6748, that is our phone number. It's the coach not playing solo today. The big dog is not on the line in a uh, distant village where he usually is, but we do have in studio one of the young guns here in our uh, two guys in a mic rotation, Justin Weiner, making an appearance here. JW, great to see you, my friend. Hey, great to be back. It's uh, It's been a while. Yeah, and when you say great to be back, we were talking pre-show. You'd think, uh, you know, before the show, we are talking, you know, Cubs and Sox and NBA playoffs, analyzing the draft and getting into meat and potato. We talked no sports at all, but in fact, we're talking about your recent trip to the land, down under, Australia. It was a spectacular trip. Um, a lot of great things in Australia. Uh, a beautiful countryside. Uh, went, uh, I guess you could say, experienced some of the extreme sports in Australia. Went skydiving from 14,000 feet. Very nice. Um, which is one of the greatest experiences I've ever had so in my life. So you actually jumped out of a plane. Jumped out of a plane. It, it is it is a nerve-wracking experience. Mm-hmm. You get up to that plane, you get up to about 12,000 feet, and you have your tandem jumper on your back you know, showing you the altimeter, and he's saying, all right, here we go, and about 2,000 feet we're jumping. Wow. And I'm looking outside, I go... Okay, here we go. Here did we they, go. Did the instructor jump with you? Yes, the they don't. Time. They do okay. not allow you to do it unless you've taken a full one day course. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they do an expedited course so that you can get up in the air on your uh-huh. own. Uh, but it was forty five seconds of free fall where you're falling at over a hundred miles per hour towards the forty five seconds. Forty five seconds. Really? Yeah, you're I would falling. I guess like it'd be like ten or twelve. Forty five seconds. 45 seconds. Now, are you able to, I would think the first time you're so nervous, the adrenaline kicking in, the head has got to be just fogged up. Are you able to um, actually, for at least a few seconds, enjoy it, the experience? I enjoyed the entire thing. Really? We jumped out. I mean, I I will say. 45 seconds. The the most nerve-wracking part for me was getting to the facility. On the bus right there, I was nervous. The anticipation. Once I got there. I was, you know, saddle me up, let's go, let's ride. And we got in that plane, and they cramp you in like sardines. Mm-hmm. And so there were other first-time jumpers. Yes, actually, my mother and my sister went. My sister went really? for a second time, but my mother went. Mother, sister, you. Let's see. There's one person missing from the equation of uh, yeah. that jump. Let me think. Who could that be? <laughs> oh, what about dad? Just in case he's dad, listening. We got... Dad actually was um, sleeping. Doing whatever he could really? to keep his mind off of his his two children and his wife Did you, jumping out of a plane. <laughs> Did you try to convince him to go or not? No, didn't even didn't even cross not his even mind. Didn't shot, cross man. my mind. Right. Did, I, I, I actually I know your said, dad. I know your dad, and there's there's a lot of things I can imagine your dad doing. <laughs> jumping out of a plane with a parachute would not be in the top, oh, say five thousand things. No, that would not. <laughs> let's say the team picture, he would not no. be in that one. Uh, no, it, it was great experience. Australia is a great country. If if you have the the means and, and a way to get there, mm-hmm. I would really recommend it. That is in my uh, uh, country's con- what is it? A country or a continent? Uh, both. Both. Both, and they have states there. How about that? That is in the countries slash continents that I would most like to visit. And, and from it's, everything you've described, it sounds like um, it should be place. ranked up there. Oh yeah. I asked you what was like the you know you're describing all these beautiful things about Australia. 
what is what are the world problems? What are the problems they have in Australia? You said the greatest problem was graffiti. Yeah, <laughs> graffiti. Legitimately, not the economy. No, not terrorism. Not uh, you know bad jobs. Not uh, violence. Not poor neighborhoods, but graffiti. Well, the difference is, as I said, the pre-show was they live no worries. You know, they say no worries constantly. So they really don't worry about anything that we worry about here. If if something doesn't go their way, no worries. Move on to the next day. You know, they, they just – it's a very laid-back, relaxing, and as I said to you before, refreshing atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, we hear the no question here in the Midwest. Now, of course, via the website, I keep – you know, I used to do a radio show. i got to remember now I'd say – Web show, so we are blasting out into seven different continents. Randy Myers, <laughs> our uh, producer today, a man who uh, lives by the creed of no worries, by the way, which explains why he's had 12 jobs in the last three months. Our regular producer, however, David Olson, I guarantee he would he would last no more than two days in Australia. He's a man constantly worried. The no worries theme. <laughs> Australia, Dave Olson, very similar to your dad and jumping out of a plane. <laughs> Not made for each other, but um, now I forgot where I was going to go with that, but I love the motto of no worries. Oh, I was going to say, we here in the Midwest, we're so caught up in the rat race, in the, uh, you know, getting ahead, getting ahead, busy, 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 push, 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 busy, 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 get ahead, get ahead, get ahead, push, push, push. You know, we need to visit other places like Australia to realize that uh, our environment here is not the only one. Other people have different lifestyles and, quite frankly, probably healthier. I was going to say, and arguably probably healthier lifestyles, more enjoyable lifestyles. Yes. You know, they, they have a uh, happy hour for their – I mean, most people will go to happy hour from 5 – at 5 o'clock, and they'll just have a drink. You know, they don't have to go out and just drink as much as they possibly can and fill up their liver with toxins. Mm-hmm. They'll just have a drink or two. Okay. So, uh, you know – like in Mexico, they take a siesta. <laughs> exactly. In Australia, they go uh, a little cocktail. Have a drink. A little happy hour. Yeah, and nice. not, not to say that Mexico doesn't have their share of drinks. Heck, it is Cinco de Mayo. Absolutely, that's right. May 5th today, Cinco de Mayo. Randy, do we have any uh, special things planned for Cinco de Mayo? Randy's still working off the April calendar, so I will take that as a no. Yeah. Somebody, turn the page. Turn somebody the page. told me they go out drinking here in Chicago, and it's such a such an offshoot, a poor offshoot of Cinco de Mayo. You know, it's so commercialized, mm-hmm. and everybody goes out and gets plastered that uh, they've nicknamed it Cinco de Mayo. I could see where that yeah. would... By the way, getting back real quick to uh, jumping out of a plane, my wife, uh, I will give her credit, has arguably one of the best jumping out of a plane stories. Nothing dramatic happened to her, but she can honestly say this, her first time ever, first time ever up in an airplane, she jumped out of it. Wow. That that is a very She was in college, so I don't know, 19, 20 years old, had never flown before. But went skydiving. How many people, huh? But then decided to go yeah, skydiving. So first time wow. ever up in a plane, she jumped out of it. That's that's pretty that's impressive. Rare. Yeah. That, that is very rare. I don't know. You have a lot of people that the first time they're on an enclosed airplane right. are scared to fly. Mm-hmm. That that's a first for me. I have not heard that. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Now that we got vacation plans and family history out of the way, we can talk some sports here. Again, our phone number if you want to join us eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Talks of sports, J.W., Justin Weiner, and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock. Lots to get to. Phone lines are open. Anything you want to talk about, you want to jump off the sports page. If you jumped out of a plane and you want to describe it, if you know somebody who jumped out of a plane, and maybe the parachute didn't get off, can happen. 
And you well, want to describe it to us? Let us know. I'll tell you what, my instructor, he, you know, he counted down three, two, one. He said in my ear that Uh-oh. we're gonna, we're gonna pull the shoot. Yeah. And then he waits about five seconds to pull the shoot. So all of a sudden, for five seconds, I thought so, my life was over. He did that on purpose. Yes. And then so, he goes, Oh, I guess I'm supposed to pull this. Yeah. So he yanks it, pull the shoot. It, it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. See, the instructors, you know, they do it every day. So they have to find some. Every day they've, my instructor had to... 13,000 jumps on him. Yeah. So for them, it's old hat, so they need to find something to juice it up a little bit. Meanwhile, they have to realize that every patient, I'm going to call them patients right now, every patient they have, this is like arguably the most uh, you know, life-threatening experience they're going to attempt. And this guy's screwing around with you by one, two, three. Exactly. Oh, sorry, matey. No worries. <laughs> no. no worries. <laughs> it's, it is nerve-wracking, but uh, it is what it is. No yeah. worries. Yeah. We we all need to take it all semi-serious. We all need to take that Australian philosophy. I may get a T-shirt. No worries. Two guys in a mic show. No worries. I like it. You like that? I like it. Maybe no worries on the back, though. Okay. Are you going to leave the back plain? Not sure. I haven't thought about that. No worries. You could just put a, an image of Big no. Dog on the back. <sighs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. But as long as it's real small. All right. Uh Yesterday we had Cubs and White Sox both playing, both teams lost. We got an NHL playoff game today here in Chicago. We had a coach fired, general manager, and a vice president of operations in a rather interesting press conference. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll do a little MLB recap, too, some interesting baseball games yesterday. Let's start off first with the NBA. Justin, I know you're a big fan. Bulls looking for a new coach. Your thoughts, first of all, on the press conference. A lot of media people here in Chicago criticizing it. I thought... Gar Foreman, Johnny Paxson did a great job. Well, I was at the press conference. Covering you were for, there. Yeah, for covering for WGN Radio. So, wow. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I thought Gar did a pretty good job of giving the layout as to what is to come. A couple things I didn't like about what he said. The first is he didn't set up a timetable to set up a, to, to hire a coach. Well, he said he would like to have a coach yeah. by the start of free agency. Okay. And to that light, I would say you don't necessarily need a coach to attract a free agent. I don't think that the coach is going to make the free agent want to come to Chicago. You want to come to Chicago because you see you have the parts in place to win a championship, you have the players, and you have an organization that wants you to be there and wants you to help win that championship. It, it struck me, I guess, by surprise that he said there is no timetable, where he just said, we'd like to get a coach sometime in the near future. By doing that, I think you kind of set yourself up to maybe lose some of the other coaches that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. You have other teams looking yeah. for coaches, and you have them right now interviewing coaches. And if you don't start to interview the coaches, mm-hmm. I guess if if I'm going to look here and play devil's advocate as well, let's say you hire a coach in the next two weeks, and for some reason Doc Rivers says that he would have loved to come to Chicago, then you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot. So I, I, I do like that, you know, he doesn't want to close the box is what he kept referring to yesterday. He doesn't want to say, we're going to limit our coaches to five coaches in this search. We want X, Y, Z, all those different coaches there. He, he left the box open. And I think that at this point, that's where you want to be. You want to see, you know, at the end of the NBA season, what are your free, you know, obviously the free agent is number one. You need to get one of those top free agents for the city of Chicago whether it be Dwayne Wade or whoever, LeBron James, Chris Bosh. And I think if you can bring a coach in that 
helps you gain one of those players, mm-hmm. that's the route you go. Maybe he he may not be, let, let's say, the John Calipari rumors right now with LeBron James. If you can bring in John Calipari, now granted, you, the University of Kentucky are now in negotiations towards extending Calipari's contract now that those rumors came out. But if you can get Calipari to come to Chicago and you and he brings LeBron James, that's the coach you want. Well, that's an interesting, uh, are you sure about that? Brings up if an you can bring the best player okay. in the NBA right mm-hmm. now to go along with uh, a team right now that I personally think that Derrick Rose could be second or third best player on an NBA championship team. Joakim Noah, same thing. Taj Gibson has been a very pleasant surprise. You have some of the pieces. You need that big-time player. Yeah. And if you can bring a coach... Now, John Perry was a good coach. Keep in mind, when he was with the Nets... Keith Van Horn was his best player, and he took the the Nets to playoff series against the Bulls. The great white hope, Keith Van Horn. <laughs> the great white hope, exactly. So <laughs> I think that that gets caught up I think in... his motto, by the way, was no worries. It might have been. I think you get caught up in the, the idea that college coaches can't succeed in the NBA. And I think that Calipari, as, a, as an instance, also Rick Pitino, you use those two guys as the mantra of... College coaches need to stay in college. I disagree. I think Calipari did with with what he had, similar to Vinny Del Negro. He did what he could with what he had. Mm-hmm. Let me pose this question to you: What if it came to a situation where you've got another coach who you think is a better fit for your team, better fit for your organization, your philosophy? You agree with them, your personality? You agree? Okay, but now you got a guy like LeBron James. Let's just say, for instance, let's use John Calipari for ex- uh, example, and LeBron says, you know what, I'm probably going to stay in Cleveland. But if you did hire John Calipari, that might be enough to make me come to Chicago. Now, and I'm using Calipari as Coach X, an example. could be anybody. If you are Gar Foreman, if you're the guy making the selection, in you and John Pax and Reinsdorf, you guys kind of, well, he's not our number one choice personality-wise. We don't think he's really the best NBA coach. He's okay. But this other guy we got is a much better fit for us. This other guy we got is going to develop our young talent much better. So you know what I'm getting at? You got a coach who really is not one of our top two, but all of a sudden LeBron James says, I'll come. If this guy's the coach, now you're in that quandary. What do you do? As a general manager, I'd throw that out to the fans too. 888-463-6748. In that scenario, which way do you go? Well, I guess to that question, I'm going to also pose another question to you Uh-oh. as a coach. Okay. How much do you feel that the NBA, uh, that an NBA championship is won by the players and how much is by the coach? I personally feel that it's an overwhelming portion of winning an NBA championship is from the players. Mm-hmm. If you bring in LeBron James to go along with Derrick Rose or if you bring in Dwayne Wade to go in with Derrick Rose, you look at Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose – that's a hellacious backcourt. You you can't defend that. So, what? How much do you feel as a coach? Do you feel in the NBA that the coach makes that big of a difference to winning no, a championship? Clearly, it's about the players. Okay, yeah, I don't know. You want to give a percentage? Eighty-five percent players, fifteen percent coach, and of that fifteen percent, probably five of it is X's and O's. Okay. The biggest part of coaching in the NBA is managing the players getting everybody on the same page, getting them to respect each other, share the ball, and buy into the system, not so much the brilliance of X's and O's. So I agree with you. In that standpoint, it's just um, 
just a little weird. It's almost like the player holding hostage over the organization. I would have a hard time bringing in a coach that I'm not real thrilled with just because the superstar is going to come with him. Be a tough call. Because you, you do see, want to win. Pro sports is all about winning, but uh, tough call. That's why we're in what you know we're in this oh, it's pro- a lot profession. Here. And exactly, it's easier yeah. to critique it here. Yeah. Uh, I think that Gar will be is is in a position, and this again coming from yesterday's conference uh, press conference that Gar is making the decision. John Paxson made that pretty clear yeah. that. He's, now, you agree with that. I agree with that. But all the media pundits out there, oh, they were just saying that company line, John Paxson. So shut up. Well, I, I That's honestly. exactly what they're doing. Garf- Paxson's kind of a Reinsdorf's right-hand man. Yes. Overseeing the operations. I fully believe, maybe I'm gullible, but I fully believe when Gar Foreman is going to uh, make the choice, obviously they'll consult about it. But, boy, the media speculation here. I'm well, glad you haven't bought into that. Well, I, I, I do think that. Paxson is going to have some say. Well, uh, naturally, because he's yeah. in the organization. As you said, he's the right hand man of Jerry Reinsdorf. My biggest fear is that Jerry Reinsdorf will come in and Gar Foreman will recommend a coach to him mm-hmm. like Doug Collins right. back in 2008, and Reinsdorf will say no. Doug Collins, in my opinion, is the right coach for this team right now. I think of the list that's out there, he's the right coach. But what has changed? from now to 2008 to make him want to come here, especially when Jerry Reinsdorf said, no, we don't want him here. Well, but Jerry Reinsdorf did that from a um, personal standpoint. You know, he knows Doug Collins. you got the whole Glenbrook North, you know, for the listeners out there not aware, you got a little bit of a, a connection with uh, Doug Collins. His son went to Glenbrook North, where you, in fact, attended. So you got that whole connection, Justin. Doug Collins a great announcer. He is a great guy. Love his enthusiasm and knowledge of basketball, but we've seen it over and over again. When he gets coaching, he cannot control his competitive juices. And he gets so hyped up that eventually he just gets wound so tight it carries over to the team. So I, I love the guy, but I, I don't, I don't know that he'd be the right fit. And I think that's what Jerry Reinsdorf was basically saying. He was almost protecting Doug Collins, his good friend. See, I, I would I would disagree. I think that Collins is a good coach. I think that yes, he's very competitive. But look at John Paxson. He said yesterday in his press conference, which I guess we should, we could get to in a second, that he sometimes lets his competitive nature get the best of him, which he did in the Vinny Del Negro situation. You don't. I guess you don't want to frown upon the competitiveness of a NBA coach. And again, you can start spinning the wheel with Doug Collins. I, I understand what you're saying there, but. When you're looking at the the Chicago guy, a guy that has that you want in the organization that could develop your young players, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. he's a guy that could do that, and he has the respect of players. He has the respect of probably a guy like Dwayne Wade or of a Chris Bosh, and maybe even a LeBron James. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be realistic here, and I don't think LeBron James is coming to Chicago. I think we have a better chance with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh or Joe Johnson. But I, I think that in the in the press conference, and I guess closing out the Gar Foreman part of the press conference, he let us know where we're going from here, which I liked. And he also said, you know, here's where we're going. Here's the division between John Paxson, myself, what is going to happen. And he gave the city of Chicago a clear vision as to where they're going. Although vague as to which coach they're going to hire, you know, he's, again, he said he, he doesn't want to close the box. He loved that box analogy. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think we're we're in a pretty good spot right now. Chicago is a very attractive market, much more attractive than uh, I guess you could say New York and L.A. would probably be more attractive just because they're bigger markets. But if you're looking at the the markets that are on the market per se for a coach right now, I would say that Chicago is probably number one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's another coach, oh, yeah. given the situation with Derrick Rose, a who could become a perennial all-star, with Joe Kim Noah, who could be on the all-star team with Derrick Rose in a few years. I think you have a you have all the pieces there to make a championship team. You need a coach, and you need one of those free agents. Yeah. He was using that press conference very much, as you stated, like a sales pitch. Yes, very much so. Because he knew other so. free agents were listening to. Young, up-and-coming talent, great tradition, the Chicago Bulls, great, uh, what do they call it, market product? or uh, And they call this a, a class organization. Yeah, which I do believe that is. Jerry Reinsdorf, a quality owner of the city of Chicago, great city. So and most of that is not... Uh, you know, just throwing sand out at the beach. I think that stuff is pretty legitimate. So I do agree. It's a desirable place to come to. Let's hope we can uh, get it done. So we need a superstar player, and we need a coach. Not necessarily in that order, according to Justin Weiner. No, 888-463-6748. You got a selection there. Your thoughts on uh, the press conference or a coach you think might be a good fit. Yesterday, by the way, I mentioned the, uh, I called it the Vinny Del Negro slash Oliver Purnell theory. Okay, and that is basically that the media speculating on who the head coach is going to be, okay, is total waste of time. And that all these supposed insiders have no idea. They got no clue. And I use Vinny Del Negro as an example because when Vinny Del Negro was named the coach two years ago, like, ah, it came out of nowhere, right? Scott Skiles get fired. Jim Boylan era was over. We're going to name it. Oh, it's going to be this guy. going to be that guy. All the insiders following the Bulls. You're an insider guy now, so I'm probably criticizing you. You know, <laughs> it's probably this guy. We heard it's this guy. Vinny Del Negro. Nobody even rumored that that name was on the list. DePaul looking for a coach. All of our great Chicago writers, the National College basketball writers, all the insiders, you know, this guy for DePaul, this guy for DePaul, this high school coach, ex-DePaul player, Mark DeQuire, ex-DePaul player, Tyrone Corbett. We hear that it might be Oliver Purnell from Clemson. Nobody. It was Nobody a shock. Met. So the Bulls coach, I predict, my friend, will be none of the names that we've mentioned or have been mentioned. Okay. So you you think it's going to be somewhere out in left field? Then. I'm just throwing out the scenario that all these supposed insiders, you know, the Tribune and the Sun Times listing their, you know, top five candidates, the ten guys. I predict it will be uh, somebody beyond the realm we've been looking at. That's interesting because I, I personally, it's probably not correct, but it is. <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> it, you know, it, it is your opinion though. I mean, I would you, like to see Avery Johnson coach, though, wouldn't you? Oh, he was a point guard. On a championship team, and our star player is a point guard. I think Avery would do a great job. I do as well. I think that if you can get Avery Johnson, that's another that's, good coach. Yeah. I think he is. I think he's probably in the team photo of guys that they legitimately have Should a shot on and that they could get. What a great mentor. Outside of the high-pitched voice, everything about Avery Johnson is good. What a great mentor for Derrick Rose, right? Played in a championship team. Did he coach? He coached championships, right? I believe so. Yeah. He's with when he was with Dallas. Point guard mentality, uh, you know, to me that uh, from the outside looking in, he'd be the perfect fit. And I, I know think he Maurice wants Cheeks to, he, is also another guy that you could you could find there. He's been around the block. Yes. But not bad. 
No, I, that, I, they're well respected. Point guard mentality. Somebody Derek Rose could look up to. Mm-hmm. I, I think that. Again, we can speculate, as you said, all we want. We're not going to know who the coach is for a while. It's Seattle. going to be a process. Oliver Purnell. Exactly. Now, I think there's a little difference in the NBA from the NBA to college because in college there's a there's a little less ability to to predict what's going to happen next. In the NBA, you can pretty much predict what's going to happen a lot of times because for the most part, you have your top five coaches. If you're in one of the top five markets, you're going to get one of the top five yeah. coaches. I have another theory for that. It's called the Rick Edelman theory. That is, you like keep retreading <laughs> coaches over and over again. I think Rick Edelman's been with like eight different teams. Nice guy, good coach, but you know, the next time there's a coaching opening, can anybody think of another coach besides Rick Edelman? You know, give yeah. an assistant an opportunity. Well, I'll tell you what the the problem that I've had so far in the last day, and, and I guess I, I can this will be my last point on on a coach that we should hire, Jeff Van Gundy. Very good coach. And the Bulls have already said that they're not going to interview him. But yesterday you had Gar Foreman saying, I don't want to close the box. Yeah. Pretty sure that's closing the box. If you don't want to interview a coach, that could help you. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Van Gundy could help you. He was on multiple uh, Chicago media outlets in the last few days. And I guess if you're the Bulls and you say, we don't want to interview this guy, you're closing the box. You're going against what you said yesterday in the press conference. Sharp guy, good coach, has had success. Another guy is a great announcer. Almost hate to see him coach because you lose him as an analyst for the uh, NBA games. The only knock I've heard against Jeff Van Gundy, he'd be a good choice too, is apparently he likes to uh, slow the ball down a little bit and run his set plays. And when you got Derrick Rose and Lou Aldang and Joakim Noah, you do need to bring in a coach that's going to allow a little free flow. And, of course, he also disagreed with the John Paxson and Vinny Del Negro situation, and he openly said that during the he, game. What do you mean, disagreed Well, he – I shouldn't say disagree. He he had very strong words, very, I guess you could say, as he okay. said yesterday um, on uh, Chicago Tribune Live, that he had obvious words for what happened in the situation. Mm-hmm. And I guess we could transition into the, the Paxson portion of that press conference in that – Paxson apologized, openly apologized, was a stand-up guy, which he has been his entire career, honest in everything. And Van Gundy basically said, you don't go into the in the locker room after a tough loss like that yeah. and put a stranglehold stranglehold on your coach. Well, which John, John Paxson would agree with that. He would agree. And he said, you know what, I made a mistake. It was right. not in my best judgment. And I thought Pax, what he did yesterday – he had some. He had major, major stones. I mean, he went up yeah. there, and it was a class act, stand-up guy, mm-hmm. and he did what he's done his entire career. He was honest to the point. He said everything that that we asked as mm-hmm. reporters. He, he answered every question, and I think that that part of the press conference was probably the best because you got to see, look, we didn't want this to affect our team at that point, March 30th. You're still in a playoff run. Gar Foreman asked John to not, you know, do anything with it. And as you'll see, and as John said, he laid back. He sat back in the back burner, didn't, wasn't, wasn't in the spotlight for a while. So I, I do think that you have that, that great guy at the, at the top of your organization, the right hand man of your, your owner, your owner, that is level headed. Aside from his competitive nature at times, where obviously, as he, as you saw, can take the best out of him. Mm-hmm. Or can get the best out of them, um, and I, I think that 
really, when you see that and when you see the organization, if you're a coach or a player and you see that your right-hand man of Jerry Reinsdorf is coming out and apologizing to the organization, saying that he's sorry in front of a national media, I think that that bodes well as a selling point for your organization. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was perfect. It was a great scenario for John Paxson yesterday and for a selling point for the upcoming free agency. I was not there as you were. They don't uh, let me into those occasions. I tried to sneak in a couple of times, but I'm like (laughs) on the... uh, the hit list. Now, even the disguise I wore a couple times does not work, but I did listen to the entire uh, press conference, including Pax's speech. I had the same reaction to you. Again, it got criticized a little bit in the media. I'm not going to go into that, but I agree with you. It was uh, honest, forthright. It was uh, very human, and he defended himself as well. He said he's not going to let those one or two instances define his entire career, which he's absolutely correct about. It's not like one time where he loses his temper and pushes a coach or grabs his tie, you know, destroys all of the great things and all the classy things he's done for the organization. My only worry with John Paxson is, uh, you know, he, all those great things you said about him. He's such a great guy, but he's gotten so wrapped in the job. The last couple of years, he's a different John Paxson than the one we've known before. He needs to just step back, take a breath, and, and enjoy the job a little bit more. Which is what he's doing now. I hope so. They, they, he said yesterday. He'll do, and if he enjoys it, he'll do a better job instead of getting so tense and so nervous. Well, he said yesterday he's going to take more of a back seat and not be in, involved in the day-to-day processes and let that be Gar's job. Mm-hmm. Which I guess you can say that will make him enjoy the job a little bit more. But you you think of John as his as a player. He always was the guy that was, you know, the the guy that clawed and scratched his way to just about everything. You know, he had he wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't always the best player, but he had to work his tail off to get to where he was. Very good defensive player. Very good defensive player. And that's that's part of his nature. And that's part of why he is the way he is as the vice president of manager, whatever his, his title is now. Uh, I, I do think, though, that having an organization and having a united front in this organization, as they made clear yesterday, mm-hmm. is very important for this upcoming summer, which could be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in Chicago Bulls history. Because if it fails, if you don't get the right coach and you don't get a free agent mm-hmm. or a combination or, or even even just one of those, especially the free agent, if you don't get a good free agent, you're going to lose your fan base. You're going to have a, a, a city that is going to erupt and it's going to, it's not going to be good for the city if they don't pick up a free agent and they don't get the right coach. Right. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would not be a good scenario. Some solid words of advice slash warning coming from the young kid on the block, Justin Weiner. One hour show, J Dub. We got to get to some other stuff going on, but again, any of the fans out there, you want to comment on that press conference yesterday or the Bulls coaching opening 888. 888- Four six three sixty seven forty eight. Our phone lines are open. Very quickly as we head to a break in the NBA yesterday in the actual games scenario, Orlando crushed Atlanta in the opening game of the playoff. The Lakers, I guess, late last night, much later than uh, I think I fell asleep before the Lakers start of won. the game. <laughs> but the Lakers defeated Utah. Phoenix is up uh, in their series over San Antonio. But Orlando is, uh, I guess, the story of the day right now. They crush Atlanta. I haven't seen him play much in the playoffs. People are telling me, Justin, that um, nobody 
in either division playing better than the Orlando Magic right now. It, it, it's it's a lot in hockey. Like you, you fall into a, a hot goaltender. Yeah. Uh, Orlando looks like they're the team to beat right now, and Cleveland's good, but Orlando is on a hot streak. Mm-hmm. And when you have Dwight Howard, you're a Duke fan. Right? No, I'm not a Duke fan. Okay. I'm no longer a You're Duke a Johnny fan. You're a Johnny Shire fan. Yeah, now that he is no you longer a Duke. a Duke fan. I made the comparison yesterday. Again, we got to take a quick break here. The, uh, don't forget the Boston Celtics. Think about Duke and how they snuck up on people and okay. won the NCAA tournament this year, the Boston Celtics. Got the tradition. Had a pretty good season. Nobody's thinking about them winning in the NBA championship. Kind of, you know, They've got the great name, just like Duke did. But mm-hmm. coming into the tournament, very few people, you know, most people thought Duke would be an early upset. Yep. Duke ended up winning it all. Don't count out my Boston Celtics. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, we'll take a quick break. 888-463-674 at the Pride, if not the Joy, at Glenbrook North High School. Justin Weiner in the house with the coach. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cohen all right we're back on the two guys and a mic show justin weiner joining us for a brief moment in time thank you for coming in j-dub i know you have your regular actual paid duties with the wgn radio also known as the world's greatest newspaper <laughs> What do you now? WGN uh, has go, undergone some changes too, right? Uh, a lot of changes. Matter of fact, the show that you were producing was canceled. Canceled and uh, and, and no diverted. connection to the fact that you jumped on board the show. Oh, complete connection. And the show they, was canceled. They just didn't want me to be anything That's, associated that was the rumor. with it. I didn't want to say it, no, but I, you did. There you go. I said it. You didn't have to say it. Um, no, actually, uh, they, they they changed the formatting. They've okay. now extended Cubs post game. Um, and also extended Blackhawks post games. Mm-hmm. Um, this evening, the Blackhawks post game uh, will be running until one o'clock. Beautiful. So anyone who's up late watching the game and wants to call in, go ahead and listen to the show. It'll be on WGN Radio after the Cubs game. My bedtime gets earlier and earlier. The eight thirty <laughs> start time in Vancouver. I might be watching the third period tomorrow morning at about five thirty. That's what a DVR is for. Oh, I'm telling. You, I'm a big fan. The early morning when the kids are asleep. The wife hasn't got up yet. I sneak downstairs with my nice hot cup of coffee, watch the end of a big ball game. It's not bad. 
Not a bad way to go. All right. Hawk and Vancouver, 8.30 tonight. And uh, you got the Cubs and the Sox both playing tonight, right? Yes, sir. Because we got Comcast Sports Network, too. It's very complicated these days to be a TV viewer. I know there's a lot of other great world problems out there besides <laughs> the complication of television. But uh, for the sports fan, it can get a little bit difficult trying to figure out where the hell all the channels are, right? Well, you have WCIU, WGN, Comcast SportsNet 1, Comcast SportsNet yeah. 2, I think I Comcast every... SportsNet Plus. Right. The Plus, the 2s, the 1s. Which essentially they're all just the same channel. They're all under the same... I guess umbrella company, well, but but the bottom line is when viewer X say me for example sits down with my bag of chips late at night and uh, whatever beverage I happen to be drinking and want to watch the game. I don't know where Comcast. You could say it's part of the same family. That's all well and good, but I can't find it. <laughs> opening seriously, opening game of the Hawks was on Versus. Yes, I did not know. Yeah, it's on Versus again tonight. Yeah, I understand, understand it, but it's also on Comcast. Yes. Okay, that part Comcast I got local. figured out. But it took me uh, like a half an hour to find the Versus channel. I did come across the uh, couple of new Spice channels that I didn't realize I had. <laughs> so there were some benefits to flipping around. Careful, you know? this is a family show. It's unbelievable. i got to check the uh, my uh, cable bill and see what's going on there. But, you know, you flip Might be around. the kids. Huh? Might be the kids. You ever seen the Bill Maher show, by the way? Uh, yes. That's excellent. Is it the first time that you that you watched it? No, no, no. I've been watching okay. it for a couple of years. Okay. But I watched it again last night, and every time I do, and he is of the liberal bent, but that's a, a show where through humor and conversation you can get educated with a slight liberal bent. Kind of like two guys in a mic. Not really. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment, but I wouldn't quite take that quantum leap. By the way, speaking of quantum leap, David Olson, you were uh, missed the start of the show. Justin opened up the show by saying during his vacation in Australia, Jumped out of a plane for the first time. It's very impressive. Have you ever foolish run? but impressive? <laughs> have you ever taken the leap? I have not. No. Have no, desi- ever, no desire to. Really? Yeah. If men were meant to fly, they'd give us wings. So. <laughs> See, that's why I did it so I could pretend like I could fly. Yeah. Now, but it, but it is something cool to talk about. Now, for the rest of your life, you can say you've done. It. I've heard people tell me too the hardest thing is to go the second time. I I will kind of add an addendum to that. It's it's the hardest part is going on your first time alone. The second time actually is pretty easy because you go up there, you know you what you're doing, you know that really? you're going to be See, fine. I've heard differing. I've heard people say the first time I didn't know what I was doing, so I was kind okay. of I was nervous. But the second time, now you know just enough okay. to be completely freaked out. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard people say that. Well, I'm looking forward to going my second time and my third, fourth, so and fifth. Yeah, wow. I would like to be able to learn how to do it on my own. Oh, all right. Maybe it's I'll a very go with expensive, you. expensive yes. habit, though. Yes. So it's got to be something that could be good you know, publicity for the show. It could be two co-hosts jumping hand in hand. <laughs> we the, could do the show from the sky. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, we need some publicity here. We need to get more people on our fan page. That might be a, a way to do it. Forty-five second free fall. I'm still freaked out by that. Two guys in a mic from fourteen thousand feet. How high were? 14,000 feet. See, I would think 45 seconds. I would have guessed, like, it takes 30 seconds to hit the ground. No, you're you're 40, at 14,000 feet, be... and you fall at about 110 miles per hour. Wow. I always say uh, wrestling. What are the wrestling uh, periods? Two minutes or three minutes? Three minutes. 
if you've wrestled before, and I've only had brief, brief experience with it, but uh, people will tell you, and from my little experience, that's the, the hardest three minutes, the longest three minutes in sports. Doesn't sound like much, right? Three minutes, but that three minutes, you are completely exhausted mentally and physically after a good wrestling match. Actually, it's three periods, two minutes. Okay. Three periods, two so, minutes. But yes, two minutes. Two minutes. Two minute period doesn't sound like much. Complete exhaustation in that two minutes. But uh, I would think that 45 seconds got to be an awfully long 45 seconds. To be honest, it, it actually, conversely, it, it goes quick. You you jump out of that plane. You see the plane. Yeah. Well, actually, you see yourselves. Uh, well, you can't see yourself. But you feel as if that plane just flew out of your, your eyesight okay. so quickly. And essentially, it did. I mean, we, you do a barrel roll. My instructor did a barrel roll, somersault, everything like that. Were you able to, like... Look down and enjoy the view? Oh, yeah. Even before the parachute came up? Yes. You're kidding. Well, you're, now, I find I mean, that hard to believe. You are, you, they let your, you go your hands out, and for our web viewers, you can see this. Hands out here, and you're essentially screaming at the top of your lungs because yeah. it is such an amazing view. And you're doing, you're but, spinning but, around. But and, even before the parachute is up? Yeah. You're dropping through the sky. Your for 45 first time seconds. Ever, and you're here to tell me you were able to. Consciously enjoy the panoramic view. Yes, I, lo- I was looking around. Uh, and, and that's um, Before the, the parachute came up, yes. you were looking around. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is unbelievable. And looking at the camera that was on his left hand. They, they film everything. Okay. Did you buy the video for oh, 499 <laughs> Sucker! I, I, needed, I needed to see that video, and I had to see the pictures. Yeah. There are some funny, <laughs> funny pictures. Oh, man. So... I... I there's no way I would be sitting there. Maybe once the parachute went up, I'd enjoy the view. But on that drop down, boy, I'm, oof, gives me the chills just thinking about it. 888-463-6748. I'm getting notice from our outstanding producer, David Olson, a man who has never jumped out of a plane. But if he continues doing the job that he's doing, we might just push him out of a plane sometime on a business trip. Uh, the, the Big Dog, Joel Rodwanski is joining us on line number 18. Big Dog, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well. I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, the story that Justin's telling me. I needed a good story to, to cheer me up after the news I just heard. But, Justin, you know, I I, did, I wouldn't need that video because my aunt, Naomi, she actually has a mirror in the bathroom, so I already know what I look like when I'm pooping in my pants. <laughs> so I not need that video. Is that Auntie Naomi? Aunt Naomi. Oh. Trust me, and I keep on calling her that she still doesn't get it, Coach. So I'm going to get her a <laughs> Naomi hockey jersey, one of those cheap T-shirt ones. Uh. You know that? Because if I actually spend the 225 bucks on a real one, they'll trade them the day after I buy it. I think uh, your your aunt Naomi needs to needs to meet Auntie Naomi. You know what? She's spry. You know what? And yeah. I guarantee she won't weaken his legs. Well, I didn't mean they had to hook up. I just said you know to have a brief conversation. You don't know my aunt Naomi, Coach. You don't know Auntie Naomi. You know she's a she's a twist, a teen woman in her 40s. Trust me, she's. Uh, She's potent. She doesn't have a guy doesn't have any chance against her, Justin. So you might want to stay away from her too. Done. So. <laughs> Done. I'm out. <laughs> hey, well, you mentioned you alluded to something, uh, some bad news that you're concerned about. Yeah, I, I don't want to bring like you know put a downturn on the show, fellas. But this young lady, this with the last name Love, that got murdered by some jerk uh, ex boyfriend in, in Virginia, and the things that these. Yeah, these athletes in Virginia are having to deal with because of this jerk. We're, oh, we're talking the lacrosse players? Yes, okay. exactly. 
guys, I, 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 Justin, I don't know like how often you get to listen to two guys in the mic, but you know, I vehemently always stand up for the male athletes when they get accused of rape or domestic violence or sexual harassment until we find out exactly what the story is because everybody's willing to you know like uh convict these guys and sometimes it turns out they didn't do anything well coach the reason why i always stand up for those guys is because there's idiots like this who actually murder women i'm so disgusted right now i legitimately i was almost in tears watching this espn thing i can't even imagine what the families of these people are going through unbelievable i'm so disgusted right now can you uh Big Dog, could you quickly go through the exact story? I know it was a lacrosse, male lacrosse player, female lacrosse player that got killed, University of Virginia. Uh, real quick, exactly what happened. No, no, Justin, did you hear the story, too? Do you know what's going on? Yes, I did. Yeah, could you tell the story? Because I legitimately, I, like, I want to make sure, because I, I actually caught the end of it. So well, essentially what happened was um, the Virginia lacrosse player was is obviously suspected of killing another member of the female lacrosse team mm -hmm. uh, by hitting her head repeatedly against the wall. Um, I don't know whether or not there was alcohol involved, um, but frankly, it's just it, it's he was he actually I take that back. He was publicly intoxicated, and the the male was so essentially he was drunk. He got upset and did probably one of the worst things that you could have you could ever do and, and it's a very and I, I am I am on page with with the big dog here I think it's appalling well I think 99.9 percent .9 of, of I, I think of humanity would be yeah. on page and it's it's really sad because um, I guess this guy was just out of control just in, in a belligerent drunken mm -hmm. state. And it doesn't matter if they're lacrosse players, big dog, or athletes, or uh, out of the sporting world. When something like that happens, it's uh, it's tragic, and it it does make you mad. And it's just uh, we have to be careful. But you know, in America, well, every country where you can almost become desensitized. You know, we read our papers here in Chicago. You hear one horrible thing after another, and it's easy almost to become desensitized to this kind of horror. And I don't think that's healthy. I think we need to feel. What you're feeling, the disgust and the horror and the uh, upsetness, if I could use that word, of something like this. I think we need to keep feeling that and not get desensitized as could happen when so many of these tragedies happen. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you said that, Coach, to, kind of, to put it in perspective for myself. because, And, fellas, that is the exact reason why I so vehemently protest when somebody gets accused of something. Because uh, Justin, by the way, the only thing you needed to add is that he admitted it. It's not like he's accused of it. Yeah, well, he, he's yes. been charged with murder today. He's admitted that he did all this. So it's mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's just like when everybody was willing to jump on Michael Irvin like ten years ago because uh, you know mm -hmm. sexual misconduct, and then they found out the woman was just trying to extort him and all that. And then they, people still probably think Michael Irvin raped that girl. You know what I mean? And then there's other women that have been raped and brutalized by men who never get convicted. So I. I I mean, I, I, this guy needs to be made an example of, and I can't even, what, what are these college students, you go to college nowadays, and there's always an incident, like rapes or murders or, or school shootings. Where did you go to school, Justin? Glenbrook North High School, and then went on to DePaul University. Okay, so you, you've been lucky, you haven't had to deal with anything like that, because I, I, I can't recall any, like, tragic incidents at either one of those schools, and, you know. The only incident that we had was that powder puff where, uh, oh, I mean, yes. we did have that, the powder oh, puff. Oh, you were in school then? I was in school then. You remember that, Big Dog? 
Yes, I absolutely do. We got so much material out of that. You started getting some really good stuff, so you cut me off, and you wouldn't let me talk about it anymore, if I remember right. <laughs> that was that, back in my it. younger, more mature days. Now I'm older <laughs> and less mature. Yes, well, I mean, you know, that's one of those things that's a slap. You know, you can laugh about that. All those girls now can laugh about that incident. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they mistreated a couple juniors, but you know what? Well, we I, really I, I will say, in addition to that, though, you did have uh, a few males that – uh, were visibly yep. seen kicking a uh, recycling can on top of a girl's head. Okay, so, no, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's oh, okay. I didn't know that part. What, what yes. year were What year were you? Uh, I believe uh, that was a sophomore. So you sophomore. were a sophomore. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, you're just shooting up the ranks. You know, it took me 20 years to get in this position. That's only a couple for you out of high school. That's, that's pretty <laughs> good, buddy. All right, guys. I didn't mean to flow to bring it to a screeching halt but by the I way mean, big the, dog the, they did uh in world news also as you're well aware they did catch the uh, terrorist potential bomber in the new york uh, times square incident uh by the way your name was on the short list of potential uh, suspects uh don't even bring me up i can't even get a u.s census job because uh, of i'm on the fbi watch list because i said <laughs> something uh anti-governmental on the morning break and i'm not kidding about that and i'm pretty upset about it so <laughs> because told you, i'm gonna find out if you're on that list too because the comments you made on our show you're now on some fba watch list. FBI. That, that, I, I can get onto that some other show i actually have proof of it so on some other show i'll get into that fellas i didn't mean to bring it to the speech and all justin you're doing a great job uh i'll talk to you guys soon all right. Thank you, Big Dog. Thanks a lot, Big Dog. Later. All right. The Big Dog, check it in. You can, too. Big Dog drops off, leaves 12 other lines open. Hate when that happens. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Real quick, J-Dub, I know you are a baseball player. Uh, that's your sport of choice, uh, at least that you played. Yep. Uh, let's talk some baseball real quick. Pittsburgh knocked off the Cubs yesterday 3-2. to two. Another homer for Alfonso Soriano, but the Cubs... Um, Early in the season, they're kind of in the, you know, a little bit up, a little bit down, a little bit up, a little bit. They seem to be trending towards mediocre this year. Is that the way you see it all year, or do you think this Cub team can elevate? Uh, God, i got to tell you, I, I think both teams, both teams in the city of Chicago are playing the Heckle and Jide, or, excuse me, Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Hyde, not Heckle and Jide. Yeah. Uh, you can go Heckle, either way. Heckle and Jekyll was a great cartoon yeah. back in the day. But uh, basically, they're... You'll see them play great one day, and then 24 hours later, they yep. can't do it. Yeah. Um, I think when you let, let's look at the Cubs to start, and you have you have a team that guys like Soriano are working with Rudy Hermio, and are obviously improving. You can see that they're improving because Soriano has had a home run in four straight games, looking to uh, make it five straight tonight, which would tie a team record. But you can only do so much when you can't get the job done in the clutch. And for both both teams in the city of Chicago, they're not getting the job done in the clutch. They are they are stranding runners, and they are not hitting well in situations where you have runners on second or third. Frankly, here here's the thing: when I played in college. Every batting practice round, we would go through a situational circuit. And I said this about two months ago when I first came on the show, is that every single batting practice round, we would have a situational circuit where we would practice hitting the ball to the right side with a runner on second and less than two outs. I understand that if there's a curveball coming, you're not going to be able to sit there and, and do the same thing as you would in batting practice. But you still need to be able to choke up the bat and put the ball in play. 
what these players are not doing is just that. They are taking full you know, home run cuts, and they're not putting the ball in play when they need to. They're not doing the small things that they need to. And it doesn't help that Aramis Ramirez is hitting 149. I will say this, though. Ramirez is not willing to work with Rudy Jaramillo. Rudy Jaramillo has proven that he can help other players in the Cubs. If you get Ramirez back on track, if you get D. Lee back to his, his usual form, you're going to have a team that's going to score some runs. And again, this is May, so I, I, I hate to be so critical early in the season, but when you get yourself down so far in the race at the beginning of the season, it's hard to pull yourself out of that because you know the Cardinals are not going to go anywhere. Their ERA, team ERA, is under three. <laughs> that's that's astounding. And for this Cubs team, I, I do think that they are going to they're going to hover around the 500 mark. And I think though that at the end, this is a team that looks pretty promising. You have some young arms. You have Randy Wells. You have Ted Lilly. As, as soon as he gets healthy, he'll probably be the best pitcher on your staff. Dempster's here and there every once in a while. With Big Z in the bullpen, I think that's where you need him right now. And I think that this team could, I, I don't know, I don't think they can contend for the NL Central crown because mm-hmm. the Cardinals are just that good. But I think they got a legitimate ch- chance at the NL wildcard. Maybe uh, you're painting a picture of uh, Icebox. Did you watch the Kentucky Derby? I did. Icebox, the number two horse, was unseen for a good part of the race. This might be the Cub. Last month of the season, down the stretch. Now, Super Saver won the Kentucky Derby, but the number two horse, if you were watching, like a bullet. Yes. Just absolutely exploding down the back stretch. Finished in second place, so maybe the Cub can uh, put it all together, kind of you know battle through mediocrity, hang in there, and have a good final month. And you know, Justin, if you could make the playoffs as a wild card. On a hot streak, we can name you more than a couple teams, right? Wild card teams that have gone on to win the World Series. Florida Marlins was one. I know there's at least a couple others, but um, Phillies, hmm? Phillies, Philadelphia Phillies. So that scenario might play well to the Chicago Cub fan. And there's no, you look at the races, Philadelphia and the NL East and the NL West. It's not like there's a division with a loaded second place team that it would be impossible for the Cubs to get the wild card. It, it certainly would be possible. And you, when, you, when you transition over to the south side, they are more up and down than, than the Cubs are. A lot more down than up right now. Yes, a lot more down than right up. Right now, up and down would be an improvement for the White Sox. <laughs> you know what? As sad as that is, it's, it's very true. The White Sox cannot win consecutive games. They cannot do it. And it's sad. It really is sad because it, it's just it is a it is miserable to watch this team. Seven games out out of the AL Central race with Minnesota. They've only won three consecutive games once this season. Won back-to-back games on one other time, one other occasion. They can't continue the effort. It's like they will go on a high streak this time in game one. Game two, they'll fall. They'll be relaxed. In game three, they'll be maybe right, you know, halfway through there. Halfway on that effort level. You can't do that if you're a Major League Baseball team. You have to have a consistent effort the entire season. You're going to have letdowns. It's a 162-game season. Yep. Remember Ozzy? <laughs> I get a kick out of his whole philosophy. Rebuild the team this year with small ball. We're going to bunt. We're going to hit and run. We're Where, where's the small ball? <laughs> we're going to run. And, you know, they built the team around, and the only way they're scoring right now is via the home run. Paul Konerko. 
leads the American leads the majors in home runs. So here is philosophy is small ball this year, and they can't do that for the lick of them, uh, for the life of them, I should say. And, and uh, they're doing a pretty good job of hitting the home run ball. So, but I think on Ozzie Guillen's behalf, whatever it takes. If they can find a way to get some W's, the big key for the White Sox, the starting pitching has to be uh, not just good. The only way the Sox will succeed is if the starting pitching is really good, is excellent, capable. So far, they've been disappointing, but certainly capable. Well, they're supposed to be the top AL rotation in the league, or one of the top. And right now, you have Jake Peavy, who's coming off his best start of the season. Before that, well, for for most of the season, he has been awful. He has been anything but what you signed a big contract for. Yep. And when you can only – now, assuming PV stays at this rate and he pitches the way we think he can and Burley pitches well, which Burley does almost every year, yep. you're going to have a one-two punch that's good and then your three, four, Danks and Floyd, yep. and then Freddie Garcia aren't aren't performing. Mm-hmm. It's not a recipe for success. Yeah. Bottom line right now is three has been real good, one, two, four, and five. Not so good, and that is not, as you said, the recipe for success. One-hour show flies by, Justin Weiner. I uh, appreciate your coming in. Again, if folks want to hear more of you, you're on WGN as one of the fine producers. Correct? WGN Radio, uh, producer, reporter for uh, the uh, the Voice of Chicago. Beautiful. Who's that, George Hoffman? Yeah, George Hoffman, <laughs> Jim Memolo, David Kaplan. We'll get you back real soon. Justin, thanks for coming in. David Olson, our producer, have a great day, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.